Hello and welcome to The Green Hornet from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Say, want a brand new breakfast idea? Then get the Betty Crocker cereal tray, the Betty Crocker cereal tray. Yes, indeed. Try the brand new cereal assortment with ten individual packages in all. Four Wheaties, four Cheerios, two Kicks. All top favorites and all extra fresh. Yes, it's fun to take your pick from Wheaties, Cheerios, and Kicks. Get the Betty Crocker cereal tray, the Betty Crocker cereal tray. Get that tray today. And now, the Betty Crocker Cereal Tray presents... The Green Hornet. He hunts the biggest of all game, public enemies who try to destroy our America. With his faithful valet Cato... Britt Reed, daring young publisher, matches wits with the underworld, risking his life that criminals and racketeers within the law may feel its weight by the sting of the Green Hornet. Ride with Britt Reed in the thrilling adventure of High Pressure. Extra, extra, Betty Crocker cereal tray now offers official Green Hornet ring. Get yours now. Yes, it's yours now, and it's the eighth wonder of the world, a secret night signaling ring with a secret money compartment, a ring that bears the official seal of the Green Hornet. Hear all about it later in this program. Reed's father, after retiring from active management of the Daily Sentinel, went west to take life easy. He had as a confidential personal secretary a young lady who was competent as well as attractive. Her name was Linda Travis. What in thunder's the matter with that boy? What's the matter with him, Miss Travis? Britt has a good head. Why can't he take over the reins of the Daily Sentinel the way I want him to? Look at these circulation figures. Just look at them. For the first time in 30 years, the Sentinel has lost top place in circulation. Britt isn't putting the punch, the aggression into it. What's the matter with him? Well, answer me. You you really want an answer, Mr. Of course I do. You may not like it. Come, come, Miss Travis. You've been handling my affairs for a long time. Speak up. Well, I may be mistaken, but it seems to me... Of course, I can only judge by the correspondence between you and your son... But I think he's been pampered. He, well, sometimes I wonder if he's not just a spoiled child. Child? Oh, I know. He's big and strong, and he was an athlete in college. But from where I sit, it looks as if he's just throwing away the greatest opportunity that a man ever had. Hmm. And if that is the case, it's not fair. You've been too good to him, too generous. I'd like to tell him a few things about Linda. what... Uh, I mean, Miss Travis, I don't see I'm you... sorry, sir. I shouldn't have expressed myself so freely, and as I said, I might be mistaken. I wonder. For your sake, I hope I am. I'd give my eye teeth for a chance at a newspaper career, and your son has it handed to him on a gold platter. 
You say you want a newspaper career? More than anything else in the world. Hmm. Would you like to go east and work for the Sentinel? I... Mr. Reed, I... Do you think you could get a job without my help? Well, I... Yes, I think you could. You might continue in my employ, continue to draw a salary, while you find out whether or not you're right about my son. We'll talk that over as soon as I've written him a letter about this circulation report. You not like breakfast, Mr. Briggs? Cato, this letter from Dad has done things to my appetite. He's really steamed up about our circulation. Oh, has fallen off? Yes, the clarion's gone ahead of the Daily Sentinel. You know, Cato... I think I've been wrong. Wrong, Mr. Britt? Yes. I've purposely carried out the role of a clubman and a playboy. I didn't want people to take me seriously. Oh, but Mr. Britt, you have not been playboy. You've been very serious. I've been putting on an act. I was afraid that if I took a serious attitude, someone might put two and two together and associate me with the Green Hornet. Oh, but Mr. Britt, I don't... The Sentinels had all the scoops on the Green Hornet. Oh, that's true. From now on, Cato, I'll have to take that chance. This letter from Dad puts things in a different light. I've got to stop acting like a playboy and be myself. Gunnigan, Miss Case, Axford, Lowry, all of them. They're beating their brains out trying to put the Sentinel over. They all think I'm letting them down. They're loyal because of Dad, not because they like me. Oh, I think you are wrong, Mr. Briggs. Well, confounded, Cato, they may like me, but they don't respect me. And starting today, things are going to be different. The Daily Sentinel is mine, and I'm going to run it. As soon as I get to the office, I'm going to give Miss Case a few letters. And by noon, the gang at the office will know they have a new boss. Oh, oh good morning, Mr. Reed. Aren't you earlier than usual? No, Miss Case. I'm one hour late. I beg your pardon. Any calls? Well, the secretary of the Civic Club called to remind you of a committee meeting. Go on and tell him I can't attend the meeting today. Then write a letter to the effect that I'll have to resign from the golf committee. Express the usual regrets. Pressure of business. Pressure of business? Send another letter to the country club explaining that I'll be unable to take part in the bridge tournament. Yes, sir. Uh, and the yacht club. I can't go on the cruise. You know the name of that secretary. Mr. Reed, I... Are you going away? No. I'm going to work. Send a memo to the heads of all departments. There'll be a staff meeting in the conference room at 2 o'clock this afternoon. We're going to decide what's happened to our circulation and what we're going to do about it. Gunnigan, the veteran city editor, was skeptical when Britt Reed's secretary passed the word about the young publisher's resignation from many club activities. What's it all about, Miss Case? Has he had a sudden burst of energy or something? Maybe he's been taking vitamins. <laughs> now look, Gunnigan, he's not fooling. Maybe he's at last found himself. I sure like to believe it, but I've got to be shown. I tell you, Casey, Britt's old man was one of the hardest-hitting men of the publishing business. He was a natural. If I thought Britt had half the punch, I'd be with him all the way. Gunnigan, he has. I wonder. Uh, here, Casey. Take this story into him and see how he wants it handled. 
We'll see how much punch the boys got. Well, what's that? Uh, Steve Broderick has walked out on the tunnel they're building beneath the river, and he won't give any explanation. Is that all you know about it? I was just thinking about the way Reed's father would go after it. Oh, boy, there was a newspaper man. He'd get the same hunch that I've got. And believe me, sister, he'd find a way to get his teeth into the dirty work that's going on beneath the river. It's that new tunnel, Mr. Reed, the one they're building under the river. I know about the tunnel, Miss Case, but why did Broderick quit the job? Well, that's what everyone is asking. But Broderick won't talk. I've gotten a little information about Broderick, though. He's been boss of the Sandhogs. Yes, I know. He used to be a Sandhog himself. He knows what it's like to work underground in high pressure. He knows the dangers, the risk. And there's plenty of risk under the best of conditions. Yes, I've heard that men who work in high pressure have to be very careful, even when they're off duty. Yeah, they have to wear tags giving the address of the nearest compression chamber and a warning to take them there and not to a hospital if found unconscious. Well, what if a sand hog or a, a high-pressure man were to be taken to a hospital? Well, unless the doctors knew that the man had been exposed to high pressure, they'd treat him for a heart attack, and that'd be fatal. What would be the proper treatment? Compression chamber. Just like the one that's used when men come out of the high-pressure section in the tunnel. But um, getting back to Broderick, that man can tell things. He can tell things? Yes. That tunnel is another one of Gorman's jobs. The Gorman Construction Company? Right. And everything that Gorman has done has been shady. The other day at the Civic Club, a couple of engineers were talking about the tunnel. What did they say about it? Gorman got the contract because his bid was low. But... He can't do the job at his price and make a profit. But he is doing it. And he can't be doing it according to specifications. Well, there must be inspectors. Inspectors. Money will buy them. Costs less to buy inspectors than it does to buy top-grade material. You think that's why Broderick quit? That's what I want to find out. But if that's the case, Mr. Reed, well, why doesn't Broderick talk? It'd do him no good if he couldn't prove anything. Are you sure he couldn't prove anything? <laughs> What chance would an ordinary guy like Broderick have against Gorman and the city inspectors? I see what you mean. Uh -huh. Miss Case, I'm going to have a look at that tunnel. You? Yes. I'll talk to some of the sand hogs, see what they have to say, try to get a line on things. Heavy! Sutter and Jake, the whole place is in the spin. And Gunnigan is cracking the whip. Oh, Gunnigan isn't the only one. What's all that talk about you, Reed? It's very simple, Axford. I'm taking over. Holy crow. And you're just in time. For what? You and I are going to have a talk with some of the sand hogs on the new tunnel job. Uh, you mean you and me? Uh-huh. You don't mean we're to go down into the tunnel? If they'll let us. You mean down under the river? Right. Where the sand hogs work under pressure? Right. But, Reed, it's dangerous. Sometimes those things cave in. I know it. That's why you and I are going. Huh? Dad might be sore if I risk the lives of some good reporters. Now, listen to this, Mr. Reed. Warning. This man is a high-pressure worker. If found unconscious, do not take to a hospital. Rush him to compression chamber at Pier 47. Now, here's a badge for you, Mr. Reed, and here's one for you. I, uh, I don't feel so good, Reed. <laughs> Nonsense, Axford. 
This will be an experience. Now, each of you had better wear those badges for a few days after you come up from below. Thanks, Red. Remember, you're going below at your own risk. I'll remember. And by the way, isn't that Broderick? Huh? Oh, yeah. I thought he'd resigned from this job. Well, he hangs around. <laughs> you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Come on, Axford. We'll talk to him before we go below. Yeah, let's do that. Let's talk all day. Broderick, uh, I'd like to talk to you. Uh, my name's Reed, the Daily Sentinel. Reed, eh? And this is Mike Axford. Sure as glad I am to meet you, Broderick. Yeah, wearing badges. Uh, we're planning to go down under the river and see how things are coming along. Excuse me, will you? I've got something to do. Hey, just a minute. Uh, any reason why we shouldn't go below? It's up to you. I don't work here anymore. Oh, come. Look, Reed, I've got nothing to say. Hmm. Has Gorman bought you silence? Another crack like that now. Skip it. You know things, Broderick. I wonder what it would take to make you tell him. Hey, Reed, look over by the tunnel. Something has happened. What's all that? I knew it. I knew it had happened. What's happened? Come on, Axel. Hey, Red! Red, is this it? You mean to say the tunnel caved in? Yeah, it had to happen. That murder and crook. Nine men gone. It's Gorman. It's Gorman, I tell you. A murder. And he'll get away with it. Just a minute, Broderick. Let go of my arm. You just made a crack about Gorman. What do you mean by that? I, I didn't mean anything. You called Gorman a murdering crook. No, no. What do you know about him? I, I spoke without thinking. Now let me go. Maybe you spoke without thinking, but there was something behind that remark. What was it? Look, mister, I'm not talking safe. The next time I open my mouth, it'll be when I talk to Gorman himself. Till then, I got nothing to say. Tunnel collapse, Street Pepper. Tunnel collapse kills nine sandhogs. Here you are, Mister. Read eyewitness account of tunnel tragedy. Here you are, ladies. Tunnel Street Pepper. Well, Reed, you got a story. Story, my eye, Gunnigan. We have the beginning of a story. I want the rest of it. I want proof that Gorman used inferior material on that tunnel. And I'm not fooling. We'll continue our story in just a moment. Now, here it is. Now, here it is. Right now, for the one and only time this week. Right now, while they last, the Betty Crocker cereal tray offers you an official Green Hornet ring. And it is amazing. It's a secret night signaling ring. You can use it to send secret messages to your friends at night. The darker the night, the better it works. The way it works is terrific. It uses no batteries, no wires, no bulbs of any kind. Yet shimmering light waves shine from the secret signal radiator in a mysterious, clearly visible, bluish-white glow. The signal radiator of this ring is something sensationally new. It's powerful new luminous plastic. Over this amazing secret signal radiator is a swinging shutter. So you can make up a code of your own to send secret messages. For instance, one long flash followed by one short flash might mean... Danger! Don't move! We honestly believe this is one of the most remarkable rings ever offered on any radio program. It's not a copy or an imitation. It's exactly like the ring worn by the Green Hornet and Cato in the Green Hornet stories. It even has the official seal of the Green Hornet embossed on top. 
By pressing this seal against paper or other soft material, you can leave the famous identification mark of the Green Hornet himself. What a ring! It's made of smooth, shining metal. Not real gold, of course, but it's beautifully golden in color. And it has an adjustable band to fit any boy's or girl's finger. And listen to this smashing surprise. As far as we know, this is the very first ring of its kind in all history to have a secret money compartment. Believe it or not, a secret money compartment. Big enough to hold a nickel or a dime. Or if you wish, you can use the secret money compartment for hiding secret messages, codes or passwords, or even small pictures. Get yours right away while they last. Get this official Green Hornet ring. Remember, it's a secret night signaling ring. It has the official seal of the Green Hornet on top. And it has a concealed secret money compartment. Here's how you get this wonderful ring. Just get the Betty Crocker cereal tray. That's the swell assortment of cereals that gives you ten individual packages of Wheaties, Cheerios, and Kicks, all in one handy carton. Cut out the words Model City. Just the words Model City, which you'll see on the Betty Crocker cereal tray, and send at once. And close only 15 cents in coin. No stamps, please. That's only 15 cents and your name and address. And send today to The Green Hornet, Box 230, Minneapolis, Minnesota. That's The Green Hornet, Box 230, Box 230, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Now back to our story. The best reporters in the business spent several days trying to establish the fact that the Gorman Construction Company had used inferior materials to build the tunnel that had collapsed and killed nine men. Then Britt Reed held a meeting in his office. Now we've been hammering for facts about the tunnel collapse. We've carried editorials and made charges of laxity on the part of the city investigators. Now, you know just as well as I do that the whole tunnel project fairly reeks with graft and corruption. Gorman is a crook. Worse than that, he's a murderer. He's killed nine men. Well, Reed, speaking for the reporters, we're up against a brick wall. How about the city inspectors? I've talked to them and gotten nowhere. Gorman owns them. Oh, what about Gorman? Uh, he's confined to his home. Weak heart, so his doctor said. Weak heart, my eye. His heart's all right when he wants to play tournament golf or ride one of his horses. The doctor has the last word. <laughs> You know that, boss. Axford, you've been talking to Broderick. And getting nowhere, Reed. He knows things. He's still acting like a clam. We carried his statement that he wouldn't talk to anyone but Gorman. But why? Well, your guess is as good as mine. Reed, he spends all his time around the tunnel entrance, pacing up and down, just marking time till he can get to Gorman. Well, he has a fair chance. And thanks to our own newspaper, Gorman knows about Broderick. Well, keep trying, men. See if one of you can't come up with a new angle of approach. That's all. Anything for me, Mr. Reed? No, Miss Case. Just see that I'm not disturbed. I, I want to think things over. Yes, sir. Britt Reed spent some time in concentrated thought. He was still thinking when he reached his apartment that evening. And then he reached a decision and called for Cato, his ballot the only person who knew that he was the Green Hornet. I've got to go out, Cato. 
It's the only way. Tonight, Mr. Brief? Right now. And I've got to play the game airtight. Where's that ring you made for me? Hornet ring? I'll get it. I'm going to need it, Cato. I have a plan that may crack Gorman. Get the ring, the mask, and the gun. Roderick paced slowly up and down near the scene of the disaster. He acted like a man in a daze, as if he expected the dead man to come out of the tunnel. He was waiting, marking time day after day, night after night. His was an anger that could wait, and he was waiting and thinking. He didn't see the sleek black car that stopped in the shadows. He wasn't aware of the dark figure who came up behind him, until he heard a voice pronounce his name. Broderick, huh? keep it quiet. <laughs> Masked. Wait, you, you're the... I get it. The Hornet, eh? I suppose you're in cahoots with Gorman. Is that what you think? My fault for talking too much. I shouldn't have said I was waiting for Gorman. Suppose he read it in the paper and said you to rub me out. Get into my car. Like what? I'm sorry. <coughs> Had to gas you, Broderick. You're heavy for a man your size. Hurry. Workers, come this way. Get him into the car. All right, that'll do. Now step on it, Cato. You know where to go. sleep. He didn't stir as a dark figure carrying an unconscious burden reached a balcony and moved through the open window. The green hornet placed Broderick on the floor, then gave him an injection with a hypodermic needle. Still, Gorman didn't stir. The masked man crossed the room and locked the bedroom door as Broderick opened his eyes. Oh, where am I? Oh. All right, I'll turn on the light. Roderick sat up and looked around. It was then that Gorman wakened. Uh, I say, what? What's this? Keep it quiet, Gorman. Mast. Why, you? You're the Green Hornet. Right, Gorman. Hey, what kind of a gag is this? It's no gag, Broderick. You wanted to talk to Gorman face to face. Well, there he is. Roderick. You. Yeah, Gorman, it's me. This might come in handy, Broderick. It's a murder confession. Perhaps you can persuade Gorman to sign it. Confession. Are you mad, Gorman? You dirty... One minute, Broderick. In this paper, there are spaces provided for Gorman to fill in the names of the inspectors he bribed. How much he paid them, where he cheapened the tunnel with poor materials, and everything else he's done. Now, it's up to you. Up to me. All right, that's all I want to know. No, no, wait. Listen to me. Gorman, I didn't shoot my mouth off because I couldn't prove anything. Nine men are dead because of you. Some of them were my best pals. And you killed him, see? You killed him. No, no. The law couldn't get you. There was no use of me talking and cutting on justice from the law. I'll deal with you myself. Wait, listen. Hornet, whoever you are, help me. This man is mad. You'll bet I'm mad. Get away from me. Broderick, don't kill me. Please, listen. Listen, huh? For what? Let him sign a confession if he wants to. What good will that do? It won't hold up in court. If he fills in the names of the many bribed, the law will carry on from there. You heard what he said, Gorman. 
I don't know why I should do it. I've been waiting days and days to get it to you. I can't sign such a paper. I can't fill in those names. All right, then we'll do it my way. Oh. Oh. Reed stood at the window, oh. tense and poised, oh. while Gorman's wife and oh. servant pounded on the bedroom door. Oh. Brett watched Broderick fighting with the man on the bed. Are you going to give us those names? Oh. Are you going to sign that paper? Brett also watched the dark garden beyond the balcony, and then he saw a phosphorescent glow as Cato signaled with the hornet ring. The glow moved slowly in a large circle, and the hornet knew what it meant. The police have come. Got to get out of here. He knew it was time to leave, and yet he lingered. Gorman wasn't ready to give up. What about it, Gorman? It's your last chance. My arm. Let go. I'll sign. I'll sign. I'll give you those names. Call them off, Gorman. The names of the inspectors. Stand back, Roderick. Bigelow. Bigelow is one of them. And another? Jackson. Jackson and Martin. I paid them, too. I bribed them. Sign here. Stay with him, Broderick. See what he signs him. You bet I will. I'll sign. I'll sign. I don't want to die. Here's the pen, you rat. Go and sign. As the police forced their way into the room, the hornet was through the window and over the balcony, streaking across the lawn. Oh, Mr. Brick, you not see a ring? I saw it, Cato, but I had to stay until I knew that Gorman would sign and that Broderick wouldn't kill him. Oh, I called police. They come. I signaled. They were practically in the room when I left. Here, take this stuff and give me my other top coat. Yes, here, here it is. Good enough. I'll get going. Put the Black Beauty away. Would you not come with me? I should say not. I'm going back into that house by the front door and get the story. Well, what do you think of the new setup, Gunnigan? Well, I'm full of curiosity. I'd sure like to see young Reed get his father's grip on things, but I've got to be shown. Well, we're not getting the first base of the Garmin thing. Yeah, I know it. Not even a new lead for the next edition. Hey, what's be... going on over there? I don't know. Bring that Reed right to my office when you get it ready. It's Reed. But so it is. Gunnigan, you better call down and have him hold page one. We have a new head, maybe a couple of pictures. New head? Pictures? Baker's in the morgue seeing what he can find. Pictures of who? You of the city inspectors. Inspectors? Yes, the inspectors that Gorman bribed. But do you know their names? Of course, their names are in the confession. Police are picking them up right now. <laughs> Give me the composing room. Lowry's at headquarters. You'll get the story from that angle. Composing? You better hold page one. Something's popping. But I'm not sure just what. Hang on the line. Gorman has confessed. I just came from his home. Holy mackerel, but how? How come? What brought it about? I decided to try to see Gorman myself. I went to his house and it was in an uproar. Broderick had gotten into Gorman's room by going up a trellis to a balcony. Someone called the police. They broke into the room just as Gorman signed a full confession naming everyone with whom he conspired. You said Broderick was there. Broderick persuaded Gorman to sign the confession. Hey, Joe, are you still on the line? Well, sign off. I'll send down a new eight-column banner and make room for a two-column drop. Britt Reed's brought in a story, and it's a Lulu. Hank's doing a rewrite, Gunnigan. He'll have it in your hands in a few minutes. Hey, there's another thing, Reed. How did Broderick happen to call on Garmin after waiting all this time? You've got your lead, Gunnigan. Rush it through while I do a follow-up featuring Broderick's story. Broderick's story? What's that? According to Broderick, he was taken to Gorman's house by the Green Hornet. The Green Hornet? Whoa! I'm going to my office and work over the Hornet. Gunnigan? If Reed keeps on like this, I'd be willing to say he's got a spark of his father. <laughs> he's got a spark, all right. And if it bursts into flame, oh boy, you'll see fireworks around this office. Confession named City Inspectors. Read all about it. Green Hornet involved. 
Green Hornet's still at large. That's the Lex Street Pepper. Now remember, send today for your official Green Hornet ring. Send only 15 cents in coin, no stamps, your name and address, and the words Model City, cut from the Betty Crocker cereal tray. Mail your letter at once to The Green Hornet, Box 230, Minneapolis, Minnesota. You've been listening to The Green Hornet, brought to you by the Betty Crocker cereal tray, the cereal assortment of individual packages of Wheaties, Cheerios, and Kicks. <laughs> Wow, look at that drum major strut. He's feeling his Cheerios. Yes, Cheerios, the ready-to-eat breakfast cereal made from oats. Good old-fashioned nourishing oats. Talk about flavor. Why, Cheerios toasted oat flavor is super. And say, even the shape of Cheerios is extra special. It's shaped like little letter O's. Yes, O stands for oats. That's what Cheerios is made from. Nourishing oats, all ready to eat. Serve Cheerios for better breakfasts. Be with us again next week at the same time when General Mills will again present The Green Hornet. This copyrighted feature originates in Detroit, and all characters, places, and incidents used are fictitious. Hal Neal speaking. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company.